Hi, I'm Paul from the Beast of Nod, and you're listening to the Progcast. Hey, this is Dr. Gore from the Beast of Nod, and you're listening to the Progcast. Welcome back to another episode of The Procast. This is a kind of, yeah, it's more a tech death cast today as <laughs> as we are having uh, Paul and Dr. Gore from Beast of Not Calling from the very, very um, west coast of uh, the United States. Is that correct? Indeed. Yep, just east of San Francisco. Oh wow, yeah, that's uh, probably one of the biggest time uh, differences that we could have from Central European time. <laughs> it's it's like Australia, just the other way around. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was actually talking to somebody from Australia last night. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so how how much difference uh, to Australia is it for you guys? It's like a day and a half or something like that. Yeah, they're they're in tomorrow. It's crazy. Anyway, you guys have an album uh, dropping today, actually, as this episode also will drop on Monday, 29th of March. And uh, the album is called Multiversal. Multiversal? Is that right? Multiversal, yeah. Multiversal. And it's your second full-length album with beast of nod and it's uh full to the brim with (laughs) crazy tech death stuff um (laughs) so why don't you tell us a little bit about the the um the story behind this album and and uh yeah how the, the maybe the time between your debut album um Vampira, Disciples of Chaos, and uh, what what happened between then and now, and and how how the creation process for the Beast of Nod looked. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll probably bounce back and forth on this one a little bit, but uh, basically, since 2018, since we were released Vampira, um, we used to be based in the Boston area, so we relocated to California. Since then, that was recent. Uh, well, Will. Uh, Dr. Gore moved out here about a little over a year ago. I just got out here about a month ago. So we're relocating the live act out here. Um, we originally uh, started writing the album prior to COVID. Um, and we uh, intended to have our original drummer, Nate, uh, do the recordings and everything. But once COVID hit, we had challenges, um, which this spurred us on to hire Lord Marco to do the drums and get a lot of the guest uh, solos that we had. Um, so it ended up being a pretty good thing um, in a way because it gave us the time and space and the push to make the album what it is. It's, um, it's really kind of a mixed, um, you know, it's a blessing in disguise almost, um, yeah. the COVID situation. I mean, there's all the all the horrible negative aspects of COVID, but as as a band's trying to put together a new record, being in that recording and, and writing phase, it was actually kind of, you know, it was nice to be able to take a breather Um and spend extra time on the songs and reach out to artists who, you know, I mean, Joe Satriani, for example, usually not the easiest person to get in touch with, but um, <laughs> presumably um, was home a little bit more often because of, of COVID, which is why we were able to get in touch with him. 
Yeah, so we were really happy with, with how to do it, um, how, how we went about it and, and where it landed. You know, our inner 15-year-olds are ecstatic about this. Um, but it was, a, it was a hard process, you know, despite some of the positive aspects. Pretty much every plan B that we had to have, we had to action on. Canceled um, flights, canceled video shoots, canceled photo shoots, everything. Yeah. Canceled. So, oh my goodness. But we had plan Bs for everything. We, we tried to stay pretty organized. We pulled it together and um super happy to finally get it out there and um you know the story has grown a lot the last album was a concept-based album as well it's all part of the same now multiverse not just the universe <laughs> um so one of the things that happens on this album is we start off we pick up from one of the conflicts in the last album and uh in short basically the universe ends and a multiverse begins um, and it involves all the characters. You can go to the website. We've got over seven, uh, 70 character designs thus far, but I think almost 100 characters described. And yeah, they to grow. keep rolling out at this point. So um, <laughs> more and more backstory, more and more immersion. Um, we really want to give people a lot to dive into. Um, with this, too, uh, we, we like references. Uh, so if you're familiar with comics at all, this uh, the story for this album is very much a parody of uh, Final Crisis or Marvel Secret Wars. Um, so there's lots and lots of other tidbits in there, both <laughs> in the music and the story. So um, yeah, we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so what comes first when you when you um, approach an album or a song? The story, like the chapter, or is the music there? And then you, you, you think about what could happen there. <laughs> It's kind of a cool process, I think, because um, when we set out to do this album, so Vampira, the first full length in 2018, this was this was a concept album, but it was more a series of individual stories within the same universe. Whereas this time we said, this has got to be a story from front to back. This has to be a whole concept album. So it was kind of an iterative process where there was, it all started with an outline of the story. And then um, when I sat down to write some of the instrumentals, I wrote based on those ideas. But if the writing kind of went in a bit of a different direction, we would revisit the story and Paul would make up some new ideas that might encapsulate some of those changes. So we iterated until it sort of landed at something that had been consistent the whole time, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's uh, it's fun. So basically we, we do start with the story. Yeah. But um, we let the music breathe um, and, and from there. But uh, we don't approach it from just throwing things at the wall. Like we do have an emotional and plot progression in mind when we start drafting the songs, but like Will was saying, um, something cool pops up. We don't just throw it away. We'll work with it. Um, and that's kind of some of the ways that we expand the story and some of the side plots or even come up with a new character or something like that. As a matter of fact, uh, shredding of the cosmos, that was a way that we developed a whole new set of characters. because the original set of lyrics, we ended up trashing and rewriting and rewriting a whole oh, yeah, new story right. to that. So, uh which, which was pretty cool so <laughs> so yeah uh speaking of uh shredding of the cosmos and you also already mentioned uh joe Satriani, which was of course the biggest surprise for me seeing him guesting on a tech death album <laughs> um <laughs> especially on uh, shredding of the cosmos there's there's uh, three uh guest guitar solos from Sanjay Kumar, Matthias Quiros, and Michael Angel Basio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these these guys coming in doing their solos are they also 
representing kind of different characters in the multiverse? I don't so, think we really fleshed that out. Um, <laughs> so we have involved. So we are involved in the the universe of the comic book. Sense. As a band, we're in the in the yeah. universe. Yeah. Um, so there is the implication that, um, and we do have other individuals that have worked with us, like our 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 artist that did the comic book, uh, the character designs, has his own character design and power set and backstory. Same thing with the engineer um, that, that engineered the album. So just because we don't have designs for Joe and Michelangelo and, and Sanjay and, and so so on, and Nick and so on and so forth, um, doesn't mean that they're not there. Um, and the implication in the art that we released for Shredding of the Cosmos is that those characters with those guitars are potentially some of those individuals. Um, yeah, exactly. There's supposed to be a lot of different events. So we'll talk about some of the main events and the high level stuff that's going on. And we'll get into some of the specifics of characters, but there literally is a whole universe and then a whole multiverse. So there's all these other stories that we'll probably pull on and, and build on eventually. Like for future records and everything too. <laughs> um, so short answer, I think is um, yes, but um, it's not fully revealed yet. Ah. <laughs> so um, maybe let's start with the with the music. Uh, stay with with the um, with the guest guitarists uh, for a second here and and talk about the musical aspect um because uh, of course it it is kind of when i when i see okay there's a band called the beast of not and they have a uh, a beast on the guitar themselves in their ranks with dr gore and yeah. and i'm thinking well they they don't really need anyone else doing guitar solos because i mean you 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 would probably be able to do to do it all all styles whatever you want um but then the the, the second thought comes in of course um every guitar player or every musician would write something else when they are presented with a with a um short snippet of chord progressions of or or a snippet of a song um yeah. so i guess that's that's all that's the thought behind uh reaching out to guest soloists um to all to also get their persona or their their artist art their artist approach whatever into that bit of the song right uh, i think so it's a combination i think of being able to have fun with other musicians in the community and hearing what people um, have to say on the guitar. So like the having fun aspect is just, you know, I really admire uh, Matias Kuros is playing, for example. So we hadn't done a song together. Um, so getting to do this was just like, is awesome. And he sent the track over. It's like, this is, this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to do this. It's just, it's just pure fun. Um, and then, you know, working on that track with, with Joe Satriani, that was, That was awesome. And actually, he paid a, a really big compliment uh, to my playing when I reached out to him. He listened to the track and said, you know, I honestly don't know what I can do that you can't do, which, I mean, total BS. It's really nice of him to say, though. Um, but, you know, he definitely had a lot of respect for the, for the music, which is really cool. And then, of course, uh, his solo is absolutely monstrous, in my opinion. Yeah, very much. You, you know it's Joe Satriani. Yeah, right off but, the bat. And, um, but really, it's not... It, it, The, the guest solos are more like we do this whole thing for fun. Exactly. You know, if, if, if people haven't picked up on it, 
you know, we play serious music, but we're not serious about it. You know, we're, we, we have tongue in cheek aspects. It's meant to be kind of goofy and for people to, to have fun with it. Um, and we have fun making it and the whole process of, of doing this is fun for us. So getting, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned before, you know, getting all these guest solos was just satisfying our inner child um, to be able to work with these people and, and to have this experience. Um, but the, the, the full songs were given to all of them. They were made aware of the general stories and stuff like that, the titles of the songs. So we tried to immerse them in the, the universe before they wrote it. So they kind of had a, a feel for it. Yeah. It wasn't just, hey, shit out a solo. Um, there, there was some thought <laughs> put behind it. We wanted to make sure that despite having so many uh, guests, we wanted it to be additive and homogenous on the album. We didn't want it to feel like it was just shoved in there mm-hmm. um, because Will said we really paid a lot of effort on this album. It's you know one continuous story from the time that you press play to the time that it ends. Um, so we want you to feel like you're going through that kind of cinematic progression with it. And I think we accomplished that. And I think the guest solos added a lot of flash. You know, a lot of people were like, oh my God, Joe Satriani's doing tech death. So that's cool to hear. It's good for um, promotion too, honestly, at the end of the day. People will check it out if it's otherwise locked in the background noise. Yeah. And, and for us too, we tend to always try to do the most ridiculous thing possible. And I think this fit into that category. So. <laughs> yeah. Um talking about the story again and and um we already talked about a lot of that there's a lot of characters and stuff so my question to you Paul would be um which perspective uh do you tell the story from uh, as a vocalist do you switch perspectives from different uh characters or is it like a narrator who narrates the whole story um, so we do the vocals, the lyrics, we'll switch back and forth between different perspectives, different characters. Um, it's usually signified by a change in voice. I'll either go from highs or lows, a different inflection, or the music has changed. Um, but it's not always so obvious. Um, so to supplement that, to make it a little bit more, we've, uh, we have short synopses of each song and the story. Um, however, anybody that's really into it should be able to discern what's going on. Some of the lyrics are a bit more direct than the others. Um, although each song does have a overall theme too. So even if you weren't into the story, you could still appreciate the overall theme of each song. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it really is um, kind of, I don't know, what do you think? In, in terms of what, sir? Uh, I don't know. I think you summed it up. Yeah, I think I summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Paul is the, is the lore master. Um, and, that, and that title corresponds to the fact that uh, the Nod universe and now multiverse is, is his creation. Um, and I've been happy to get up to speed on it and, and contribute things occasionally. But um, Paul's the dungeon master here. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, just like the music, we go through an editor process with the stories, too. We'll come up with big ideas far ahead of time and, and tool them around with each other and friends. And then final verbiage and final lyrics get funneled through and edited by everybody. And that's also where we come up with new fun ideas. Like, you know, uh, character horse meet the lobster rider with a drunk idea on a beach in Maine. Yeah, um, but now he's a full illustrated character. And yeah. He's probably the subject of the next EP. So, um, 
Yeah, so we, we try to have fun with it. Anytime we have a stupid idea, we try to make it work. But but the story itself is really well thought out. Um, there's no plot holes. There's a timeline. Everything makes sense. Um, there's backstories for all the characters. You know, there's, there's lots of depth. And like I mentioned before, we've spent a lot of time with with the depth. So for instance, like the celestial cetaceans, which are essentially space whales, just for that set of characters, which we have 21 of them right now, I researched all extinct and extant toothed whales, which include baleen whales, pulled out what I thought were some of my favorites because I like natural history. And if you go on the website, you see that each character is based on a specific genus and species, which is listed, and then has their own backstory in the, um, the, the universe and the associated time when they either first evolved or first got involved. Um, another good example of that is uh, the setting of Squirrel Death Machine is based on when squirrels first evolved on Earth, which was about 43 million years ago in the Eocene epoch. So that is a note that is made um, in his comic. We have a comic for him and also in the backstory. Yep. Um, there's also little pieces of depth. There's a plant, we define where the alien planets are and their actual planets in the universe. Like really recently identified exoplanets are the home of these creatures from, from the Nod universe. Yeah. So in principle, they're not so far away. Indeed. So we, we have one where we assigned the prison world, which are our first album. We talk about the prison of ice and that's what the album art is. That, if you go to our website, you'll see that it's like planet X dot zero 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 nine nine blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's a real planet, and if you look up what that derivation is, it's often called Hoth by scientists. So we, you know, so we really, really have gone out of our way to <laughs> to give you all these little nerdy tidbits that most people will never get. Easter eggs galore, though. That's that's <laughs> the fun of it. Um, there's also anime and and cartoon references and heavy comic book references, and um, everything is built to try to have some layer of familiarity or nostalgia to it. Um, and, and to have an extra layer to dig into if you want. That's, that sounds absolutely ridiculously amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, yeah, at the, at the very, very beginning of this long answer, you said something like there's no plot holes. And I was like, so, uh, yeah, you, you guys, uh, probably if, if that's true, then you managed a better job than, uh, Star Wars did recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Star Wars, but I have my gripes. Will, Will's heard many, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we, we put certain story mechanisms in there. There's an element of time travel, which we kind of wiped in the multiverse. And you have to be very careful with time travel too, because. Yeah. Like, oh, you yes. Did, did you guys watch Dark? The Net that? Netflix series Dark. Oh, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't watched that yet. It, it's it's it. I think it was the first or one of the first German productions for Netflix, uh, original Netflix productions, and uh, it's three seasons. Uh, it's now finished after these three seasons, I think, and it's absolutely mind blowing um, time travel stuff. And as you just said, it's so hard to pull pull off time travel in a in a story, and yeah. It's it's just crazy. So so the highest recommendation uh, there for for some story and time travel nerds like you, I think you 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 guys uh, could get a kick out of uh, yeah diving cool. into that. <laughs> one of my favorite time travel was the old movie called Primer. Oh, Primer is great. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites. But we we purposely with the time travel we we limit who and how much it can be used, so it's a finite thing. 
we actually used it to close an old plot hole that we had. It actually was with less limitations. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I realized that I, I really got overexcited because I wanted to include some of my favorite prehistoric whales. And I realized the initial timeline was after that. So we use the time travel um, to do that. But we also give breath and space. So not every story happens in contemporary time. Some happened millions of years ago. Some happen in the future. So we have room if we need to kind of add things or play around. Um, so we can retcon things in, in a way that's always additive and never changing or subtractive. Um, and and we've in the moving forward, the multiverse, time travel will not really be anything that's uh, invoked anytime soon. We want to move away from that. So, um, so just a, a quick note, if you look at the track listing or look at the, you know, the digital track uh, listing yeah. for multiversal, um, so the first two songs, um, we have a time jump, actually. This um, time travel is involved in this first song, uh, Flight of the Quetzalcoatlus. So we're actually going, you know, without going into all the detail, we're going back in time. Um, and we're training up for a future conflict. And um, we're encountering this Quetzalcoatlus, which is this pterosaur, which is just monstrously large, um, <laughs> uh, named after, I think, Mayan or Aztec god. Yes. Um, um, but then contemporary calamity, the word contemporary kind of clues you in that we're going back to modern times. So um, more details will, you know, you can find on our website and everything, but this is sort of the biggest instance of time travel. Yeah. Time multiversal. You pick up the CD, you notice that the colors of the first five songs are orange and then the last are blue. It's because the first uh, five songs are in the, uh, the universe and we end the uh, universe at the end of Unleashing Chaos and then it flips to the multiverse. Um, wow. And you're going to notice um, some some changes and additions to the website when we flip to the multiverse on the, the album release date, too. So there's a lot more to come out. There's a lot more story, more images, and uh, you know, keep rolling with that over time, too. Yep. So. Great. So, so um, I, I have the chance to check it out, how it looks now before album release date, and uh, then again afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, after that, we continue. We're we're planning to continue to roll out new story, new characters, pretty much on a continuous basis. We don't ever plan on really stopping after after this. So um, you you're, you're gonna do this on a continuous basis, and it doesn't. It sounds like it doesn't necessarily need any accompanying music for you to do so, right? We don't have to do that. There's a lot of story that has not been described in the songs um, that's listed on the website. And um, we've already discussed, as Will hinted, we might do um, an EP next um, that's focused on a very uh, particular story and particular set of characters. Um, however, I think we might, we'll probably start that and then end up writing a whole album, but <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, we, we're interested to get to new music as soon as we can, especially because COVID's still going on and we can't really gig um, at all. So, um, but we don't want to hold the story back. So we want to keep, um, we're eventually going to release a comic that's related to this uh, this album as well. So maybe a video game in the works actually too. Yeah, that as wow. well. And, um, so we're going to kind of continue to roll with the story and continue to push that. And so the next songs that come out, may or may not be related to the there may be story in between and then we write the the next songs about that next story mm -hmm. um the next album will be sure to be about a large event 
So we might need to build up for that large event again, story-wise. Yeah, um, exactly. We want to do, we've done a lot of plot work and we want to do a lot more character development in the next few months. So that's what we're going to be working on. Wow. <laughs> that's a huge undertaking. <laughs> it's um, a lot of fun. <laughs> let's let's uh, uh, dive back into the music. Um, musically, where would you, would you see your biggest influences Um both playing or performance-wise with the vocals and uh, in terms of composition? So the composition, um, I forget one recent review kind of picked it out really well. Um, it's sort of um, equal parts, um, maybe Baroque music, um, video game OST, um, maybe even, um, you know, Honestly, one of the most common elements you hear, which is a little bit unusual, I think, for, for tech death, are these dotted quarter note sort of pulses going on throughout the songs. I think, you know, it almost feels very bouncy or dance-like. I mean, I think that comes from the fact that maybe 40% of the music I listen to is progressive house, um, sort of styles of trance and things like this. So um, dotted quarter and dotted eighth rhythms are just like home base for me. So I think that's one thing that makes uh, compositionally make the music kind of unique in the genre. Um, and then in terms of like, like lead playing um, and melodies and things like that, my influences are more old school. Um, my, my biggest influence is um, Joe Satriani. Um, but besides him, uh, Red Beach is another big one for me. So, um, very, you know, he's kind of more of the old school generation of tappers. Lots of really cool flashy tapping licks, but well-grounded and pentatonic as opposed to like some of this like fusion or, you know, more more outplaying influence that you find in modern players so i think that's what kind of comes across pretty often in uh in the leads that i play you also don't it's there but you don't hear it as overtly uh, with some other tech death which is the jazz influence um you hear more of a groove from us um but but the jazz is there it's just not it's just not hitting you in the face <laughs> i actually saw red beach like 12 years ago or 14 years ago i don't know with white snake <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. We follow would... him on, uh, on uh, social media. And I think he's definitely someone that in the future we're going to want to try to contact. Yeah, that'd be awesome to work with him for the next couple. So. And then uh, for the, the lyrics and the, the vocal styling, um, I try to pull new influences all the time. I tweak my vocal style on this new album a little bit, um, put a lot of practice and improve. Um, but I definitely have. My lows are definitely mostly influenced by old school growlers, you know, corpse grinders, so on and so forth, um, suffocation and everything. Um, that's kind of my home. Um, but my highs are actually, they, they sound pretty close to a standard one, but people say that I'm snarlier than most. So I'll take that compliment. Um, I try to have more of a, I guess, a snarl to it. And the main influence for my highs is actually um, Lynn Strait from Snot which was like a funk metal kind of new band, new metal band from the early 2000s, late 90s. Mm. It was actually based out. He passed away in a car accident, unfortunately, oh. after their first album. But uh, he had a very particular vocal style. And at the time, I was a really big fan. Um, so I, I began my highs uh, trying to emulate him. And they kind of became what they are today after hearing other influences time went on. Um, but I really try not to do... It's, I try to do my own thing, and, and although it's still kind of generic. And then the lyrics themselves, I always do try to, not every line, um, there's some chorus lines and some 
interlude lines that don't rhyme, but all the verses, all the choruses follow some sort of iambic pentameter. I'm a big fan of alliteration and using consonants over and over again. So if you don't understand the lyrics and vocals yourself, you're getting hit with that same sound. So there's kind of that feel to it over and over again. And it's like like, a, like like also a rhythmic tool. Yeah, I, I really try to focus on having some sort of prosody. So like we might, the verses don't say the same lyrics, but they follow the same cadence and have the same syllabic structure. So you feel like you're hearing, it's familiar again the next time it comes around. Um, because we we don't have that many repeated sections either. Yeah, it's not very first chorus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which works well with the story progression. You know, when I get a song and write it, because we talked about it ahead of time, I have the emotional progression that I need to write that story. Mm -hmm. um, and the last thing, I just really make sure about syllabic placement. I don't try to slur syllables into the next note. I make sure that that syllable fits that note or that attack. Um, and it really sits in the pocket for everything, which... Some people do and don't like. Um, that's just how I like to write songs, so I think it, it fits best for this style of music. And big screams. We like some big screams here. Yeah. And there. So. <laughs> um, something that, that is not present on in in the Beast of Not um, Beast of Nod um, um, multiverse yet is uh, clean vocals. So I'm 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 curious if you ever Are thinking of including them either uh, with uh, coming from you as well, Paul, or or with guest um, guest appearances as well. Is there ever the thought of that maybe including it in the future? Um, some people have asked before, and I've always had kind of a generic response. Um, just in the short, I'm not opposed to it. Like um, I, I do think that there's a continuity issue in a song. I think a lot of songs it's hard to go from a harsh vocal to a clean vocal. Um, I think that our music, because you, we can drop into a, a lighter section that it could easily fit. Um, whether or not I do it myself, you probably don't want me to do it because I'm not very well practiced up on clean vocals. Um, and one of the things I do, especially we, we got to do this more on multiversal here, there's some spoken words and voice acting. I do all that. Um, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and I tr there's certain aspects where we have the application of harsh vocals where it's in a softer sense. So I, I like the challenge of trying to do whatever I need to do with some form of harsh vocal. Um, so that's part of the fun of it for me. However, um, I think that it, especially after this album, we kind of involve more people. So I think the next natural step for us would be to step into that realm Maybe some sort of guest vocalist for a track. Yeah, I think that we, yeah. we probably will see that happen in the future. Whether it's clean vocals or not, or another harsh vocalist, I'm not sure. Um, All right. <laughs> write the music first, but we're not opposed to it, but it's not something that's like a direct goal of ours to, to do. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that uh, brings us to the end of this interview. And at, at, the, at the end of our episodes, we always have our last question for our Uh, interview guests and that is what's in your Walkman where we like to ask our guests what they've been listening to lately if there's anything they want to recommend that stood out oh man um, New Midnight just dropped yeah we both just listened to that yesterday so the synthwave band The Midnight All right, I, don't yeah. anymore. I guess they're synthwave still it might be dark wave yeah, yeah but yeah. They're, they're excellent yeah I'm uh, listening to a lot of uh, master uh, boot record Mm. And uh, Cindy Lauper, 
should listen to the city lover. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually, uh, with this um, very fleshed out sci-fi concept, I'm, I was thinking about my favorite prog sci-fi epics that might have been overlooked the time they came out and the first that would come to mind is an album called Psykerion from Thought Chamber um the guy behind that is called Michael Harris is a guitar player and it features Ted Leonard from Spock's Beard uh nice. on on vocals and it's 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 just so much fun it is of course like It is clean vocals all over, um, but they 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 go from like blast beat blast beat to lounge to uh, kind of yes feeling with a with the acoustic guitar in 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 a couple of songs like in the matter of five minutes. Um, That's awesome. So that that would be a, a a big recommendation for prog and sci-fi lovers who love their two um, nerd universes combined the other one would be more on the doomy side from sweden a project called jupiter society from the keyboarder carl westholm who uh used to play a lot with candlemas and crooks and all these bands he also has a has a prog rock band called carp tree but the jupiter society albums there are three And um, there are three different vocalists on all three. Like like on every album, there's there's the same three vocalists who take turns on the songs. One of them is also Mats Levin, who also uh, was singing with Candlemas, but the other two are just as spectacular. So it's like very cinematic and doomy, but also like metal, prog metal still. And uh, so the Jupiter Society trilogy would be the other... Uh, recommendation um, concerning a prog metal science fiction concept thing. Um, last but not least, uh, not science fiction but more fantasy. Uh, the uh, UK band Azur is uh, gearing oh, up to, yeah. to 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 release their their upcoming new album, and they also created a deep fantasy lore. They just oh. dropped their new single, like nine minute single. Um, And they they even invented a language and like a like uh, symbols character for this language and it's also some some deep law shit going on there and and the music is so much fun they're super talented. And we know Galen because um, Galen helped us distribute CDs in Europe for a little while actually that's how we we met them and uh, learned about Azor. One hell of a guitar player. Yeah, and super nice guy too. Yeah, super. Yeah, I I uh, actually was uh, lucky to see them 2019 at Euroblast and meet them they were also we were also um uh interviewing them for the broadcast um so yeah i hope i'll get to interview them again soon with their new album um and 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 one last thing what I, what i was um thinking about preparing for this episode was actually um i was thinking about when like uh we first got in contact doc dr gore and i <laughs> um and that was when the me messes uh ep mini album album i don't know dropped and i was thinking it was in december or something 
and yeah. then I then I then I realized it was December 2019, so it was it is more than a year ago. So it was kind of weird because it felt like okay, this is a new year. It dropped in December. Oh wait, there was a whole whole year in between. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it's a, COVID kind of put our touring plans on hold. Uh, we had a tour planned for June of 2020, um, which would have been fun. Um, but with that project, we, we have more music, which um, we're going through mixed notes on, actually. So you'll be hearing more from us pretty soon. Sounds great. All right. Um, thank you guys for taking the time. All the best with Multiversal, Beast of Nod. Thanks, guys, for uh, appearing on the broadcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys out there for listening, as always. Um, don't forget to follow us on our new social channels, broadcast, podcast, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the same thing on all three. As always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. Progcast is a Stuist Media podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Progcast Podcast. To learn more about Stuist Media, check out stuistmedia.com. Progcast is hosted and produced by Dario Albrecht and myself, Randy M. Salo, and is co-produced by Janine Stengel-Lewis and Blake Lewis. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday, and don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite albums that drop that week. See you next time, Prog fam. Thank you.